And welcome back to the Work in Progress podcast with me, Dylan, your host, and my uh, co-hosts, uh, John and Jordan. Um, Hello. Today is an interesting times for, I imagine, all of us, unless you've been living under a rock, or just, you know, in the Already countryside. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't been checking social media, it's pretty obvious that, like, you know, kind of interesting times we're all in, especially in the upcoming few weeks. Uh, today's topic is going to be about uh, productivity at home. And if you're the special category where you'll be able to work from home, this will probably be relevant to you. Obviously, we'll be drifting in and out of, you know, various other side topics. But main thing today will be uh, talk working from home basically i imagine if you're a content creator or you know anyone working on the online space called the internet cool uh uh john did you want to kick things off what do you want to start the thing with working from home with working from home well, as a student, <laughs> I don't yeah. really work from home, but there's definitely been a shit on studies and stuff. Like, all my professors, um, they put out more online lessons, more videos, and cancel a lot of tests online. Yeah. So that's been great on my yeah. end of the home thing. Yeah. But honestly, uh, I, don't, I don't really work at home. Never, never really got into it, but, but I have been studying more into stocks and investing since, you know, everything's slow right now. Yeah, so that's yeah, one yeah. way I'm trying to make money, but uh, but now like honestly, with all this free time, um, it's really good to like learn something new, learn some new skills, yeah. keep your mind fresh by learning new stuff instead of yeah, 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 limping yeah. around. I don't understand the entire consensus of how people can't bored when there's so much stuff to do and learn on the internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, that's the that's a little paradox we live in, right? Huh. Despite all these distractions or all this information or all this access to anything. Yeah, it's yeah, still a yeah, yeah. place to get bored. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is weird. But now, but I think to, like now it's a good time to just get close to family. I just learn something new, you know. Yeah, yeah. Refresh. Don't be a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'll just touch on this, Rob. But with you, Jordan, you're in the other case where the work you do that can't necessarily be done online we'll just touch a little bit on that but here in australia i think uh new south wales and victoria have had this essential service lockdown thing whatever it is so only essential services now are in effect so it's interesting that if you work in like hospitality or the entertainment or retail you may be an issue unless you like work at like the you know grocery store or something like that but um there's a saying because i've been i've seen both sides of the story one side of the story is oh it's important to have uh multiple streams of income in case this happens and then the other side of that is like yeah but how do you do that when you don't have time to make 
you know, make a job that you first have to have the multiple income streams and stuff like that, right? Now, I'm going to touch a little bit on this, but basically, if you have the time to, like, listen to this podcast or any free time that could be not done on, like, uh, I guess for fun or leisure or so on and so forth, right? I guess you're not really in that category where it's like, okay, maybe you don't really have a choice, just work the job you have, question mark right i mean it's very uh you know narrow-minded to think that like we could just put more hours in and then we get more money back um but i will i will say however that um it is kind of a privilege to be in a position where you could just i guess work from home i guess especially it's kind of weird with the whole, oh, you know, you're, I'm a student, I can work from home kind of thing, but I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you talk a little bit about this. Like, what's your take on this, uh, Jordan? I mean, for me personally, I'm someone that works a blend of working from home and also having to do different, I work multiple jobs that require me to also be out of my house, but um, regardless, I've seen a mixture of it. Uh, I have to lean more on stuff that I do in-house. Um, as a result, uh, I've not been, I've not always had the most efficient setup for working from home, uh, only for really like video editing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, it's forced me to kind of innovate a little bit, and I think it's been actually helpful in its own ways because I've developed a little bit better of a working area where I kind of have a kind of system where I have one area that's more focused on note-taking of random ideas and, like, sticky notes and whatnot, uh, which is something I've been using for a little while, but I've used it a bit more. I'm leaning on it a bit more. And then I have, obviously, my main working laptop, uh, which is where all the stuff really does happen. And then I have one other area where I'm just planning things and planning out my day, planning out how I'm going to finish something, and etc., which just kind of allows me to move optimally so i have my main workspace like my main laptop where i'm getting things done and i have an area for actually writing down my ideas that are more miscellaneous and writing down miscellaneous notes and then i actually have an area where i'm writing down these hardcore plans where i may not be doing anything but i'm making sure that when i do start doing something on my laptop it's gonna go smoothly cool but basically basically my take on it is just that I think it's a great time for anyone to kind of develop something where even if you don't have a side gig to work on from home, maybe now's the time when you start developing something. Yeah, you may not gain from it now, but as John said, he's studying his stocks, which is a great idea. You know, study these things, develop your own kind of system that you can work from home with since you have free time. There's no real reason to get bored right now because now's the time when you can make a lot of progress because the whole world is like starting to go shut down, which means you're not really losing out for utilizing this free time. Mm-mm, true, true. I, I find yeah. it interesting, like, two points with that. Uh, I guess the first point in general that I learned from Austin Cleon, who wrote the book Steal, from an Arti- uh, Steal Like an Artist, he makes a point, or maybe it was, like, another one, uh, I think it was something Circle or something like that, but anyway, um, he talks about 
how especially in times where we've got like social media and stuff on the phone that the essential ingredients for creativity is effectively killed because one of those is boredom right so Mm. it's interesting how you essentially now have to like force yourself to be bored in order for your mind to like work the gears in its head to like think of something creative you know what i mean it's i find it interesting because i I like try to get into the tiktok space and follow what's going on right and people are like oh i don't know what to do for content i'm out of ideas what do i do and i think the thing they mistake it for is like it's like a formula or like a spreadsheet or a budget or something logic based that you need to like work through like a factory where it's like oh if i do this at this consistent time it will automatically equal a or b or x or whatever it is right and the thing we forget about creativity is that all you can really do is set a time and a place and some space to really think out ideas but it's like fishing like you, you intend to fish but doesn't mean you're going to catch anything maybe question mark or like get much big or anything like that like all you can really do is just set out the time to do it and then hope for the best that it works out or just make the best of the situation right and i guess the last point uh before i forget is i think um what was it no i guess i forgot but uh oh no i lost it but yeah oh that's right um i think it was ryan holiday with i guess yeah it was a chapter about um i don't know what they called it but he's he's talking about the idea of like time that is outside of your control and making use of it and he gives the example of like uh malcolm x who was in prison during his young life uh for like the first 10 years of his life and he spent that time reading books from the library or um i guess uh i think it was another like a boxer named hurricane or something like that where he didn't let his ego or his vengeance drive him to essentially prove the fact that he was like framed and you know dwell on it and I think another case was like Nelson Mandela, same kind of ordeal where if he spent the time trying to get back, like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is there are going to be periods and times, however long or short, that we effectively don't have control of. In this case, a pandemic, other times, you know, a holiday or um you know waiting in a bus or whatever i mean obviously one varies from length of time but like you're not gonna have control effectively of like maybe the schedule or the uh what you choose to input in you or whatever 
And what... All you can really essentially do with that is, like, make the best of it and, uh, I guess, try and turn, I guess, wasted time into... Not, like, productive time, because obviously it's not going to be completely productive. But just make best of the situation, despite circumstances, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at, right? Because, you know, Malcolm X, he could have easily just... I think what he wrote, uh, the book wrote, it was like, he could have easily, like, improved his contacts within the prison, you know, make some more connections, and then continue on in his merry way to do more criminal stuff but instead if you know the story of Malcolm X he did other stuff right and it's the same with this pandemic I mean if you're gonna treat it like oh I'm bored or you know um essentially treat it like downtime right there's nothing wrong with downtime and relaxing right but you gotta keep in mind that, like, time moves forward regardless of what you do, and it's essential to remember that you try to not, like, time slip by through your hands, I guess, because we, we don't know how long this, you know, thing is gonna go for, right, but, uh... I guess making best use of the situation at hand is probably the best bet, but yeah, sorry I just rambled on like mm. crazy. No, I mean, I think the All issue right. with like a lot of people that are stuck at home, that are that completely bored, that they're not really bored. Because in my opinion, like true boredom is when you're not consuming. You live yeah. in an age of consumption, bro. And like honestly, you know all these people stand there bored. All they're doing is consuming mindless content. I do. Yeah, yeah me, sure. boredom is what inspires people to do some like true boredom not consuming that, that's when you become a creator because yeah. uh you, you mentioned earlier that like with tiktok it was kind of game it was kind of becoming a distraction and i think the, the issue with that is that we're just stuck consuming too much yeah that we just yeah. let things get in the way creation i think it often uh, by the way from the last podcast the guy i was talking about was david goggins in a way he talks about this idea of like uncomfortable growth and i guess doing things that are difficult right yeah always get out of your comfort zone yeah and i was reading an article i think a while back on medium talking about like how innately we're kind of a little bit soft or like we're kind of a society where we're always treated like oh we're soft like everything that's marketed to us is always like oh this will make it a little bit easier this will make it like a little less harder right or difficult and i'll probably i'll try and keep the language down but like there's this book called um how everything is like effed right whose first book was the subtle art of not giving it f and Mm -hmm. He, he in the in the second book that I'm going through, he's talking about this idea of like um, everything that is marketed in the capitalist side. It's like, oh, here we go. Um, it's essentially it never really gets to the core of the issue. It's always like a kind of band aid solution, 
kind of thing. And it's kind of weird how I'm like looking at everything and it's always like in a place of like, oh, this is efficient or this is very, uh, I guess, uh, like it's not quite like a substitute, but it's always like a band-aid solution of like, well, it's not quite what you're solvable, but it gets to the sort of need of things. Like, I guess... Yeah, it alleviates, right? Yeah, only alleviates, yeah. Yeah. Like, the whole, I guess, thing of, like, Twitch and communities and talking and Discord and social media and so forth. It's the whole idea of, like, oh, I'm going to make connections, I'm going to make networks so I don't feel alone and I'm socializing, right? But if anyone knows anything about social media, it's not, it's not the salt, it's not the solution. And real often or not, it really causes more issue than it should, right? But we could go on forever about, you know, social media and all that. But, uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at is... It's, it's kind of funny how, although we have, like, Discord, Twitter, and Snapchat and all that, that's, like, doing all this various stuff, right? It's still, it's still fundamentally people meeting up, however efficient it is, like, literally us here are, like, talking on our Discord, right? But... Um, it's still essentially, like, meetings and talking and conversation, right? And it's usually in you know, blocks of, like, three, two, or five people, you know what I mean? Despite how social media portrays it, like, oh, I got, like, a thousand followers, right? But if you literally had a thousand people in a room, it would be nuts, right? And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that, although fundamentally technology is changing and changing the ways we communicate indirectly, it doesn't change the fundamental fact that we still are communicating essentially like we did like our ancestors did long time ago where it's just small groups talking back and forth and so on and so forth right and it comes back to the whole thing of like we don't solve the underlying issue but we still find band-aid solutions to get there right and i guess i guess what i'm trying to get at is like it's kind of um we'll probably save it for another day but yeah i mean yeah technology is helping but as the underlying thing is fundamentally things don't really change um in a way uh moving right on uh I wanted to talk about workspace setups uh, and for productivity. Uh, yeah. Do, do you want to start off this time, Jordan? Yeah. Uh, okay, I can elaborate on, uh, on the setup I was speaking about earlier. And in general, that I think everyone should find their own format. Uh, even if it's like studying at home or learning a new topic, um, I, I've never studied stocks before, so John would know more about that than me. But if I were to have to guess, <laughs> yeah, oh, crypto. Form a stock, though, I'd say. 
Yeah, um, with it, I'd say that maybe you'd want to get up past calendar dates and whatnot, and you'd want to find a kind of system that allows you to monitor past trends and all those kind of things, right? And you want to just kind of create a workspace where you can pick off each of the main variables in learning about the topic. For, for let's say, for me personally, let's say I'm learning about a new fitness trend. Um, let's say that the coronavirus causes something in the lungs to not work a certain way. And it's like a very specific issue because obviously it is a, it is a lung disease um, at this point. And if I'm studying it, I'm going to want to figure out what the symptoms are so I can figure out who has it. I'm also going to want to have, uh, personally, how I like to set it up is I like to, uh, I, like, I would have an, an area where I would be looking at the symptoms and then I can also use the symptoms, figure out um, what, what issues are actually being caused because obviously symptoms are just a byproduct of what is actually going wrong within the body. I could use one area for, um, for actually digging deeper onto those kind of things. And also then I can use one area for uh, fixing these issues and preventing them from circumventing. Mm. So overall, I just really do believe you want to have at least like a three-part system or like even like a setup where you have one area where you're just taking notes. You have one area where you're writing down your planning and you have one area where you're getting the stuff done. That's how I personally do it. But I do firmly believe that you need to have some type of system that allows you to just know when I'm working in this area, it's achieving this for me. It's the same reason why we should not use our phones when we're in bed. We want to associate the bed with just sleeping, and that will actually lead to sleep improvement, which I'm pretty sure there's been um, trusted studies done on before. I'm pretty sure you can search it up, oh, and it's just that easy to find. So I think it's a deal with association. Uh, it keeps you more focused, and it also has things more organized for you. Hmm. It's, it's ironic because our phones are like the most powerful tool we ever had, humanity ever had. Like phones, you can do anything on them, right? Communicate, create jobs. Uh, media anything but the issue is with phones is that we we let the tool control us so it's good yeah. to like put in the, the thought that it's just a tool like have control of the tool because your phone is just a tool at the end of the day but it just at times, it just becomes too overwhelming for some people yeah i don't think i think a lot of us need to look at how we actually use this on a regular basis because it's a great tool as you said it's, like it's so it's the most powerful so tool for sure yeah you mm, can video like, edit you can Message people. You can destroy someone's life with that phone, man. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's, yeah. it's absolutely crazy. You have so much power now. But, um, but yeah, we just let it overtake, it, especially with, like, old people. You gotta stop becoming consumers. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but the thing is, um, what was I think? Oh, yeah. But now that we have so much free time, it's also the best time to self-improve yourself. Yeah. Start honestly uh, exercising, dieting properly. That will help with getting screwed on bias for sure. Mm. I say anyone's afraid of. I mean, but also just not stressing now. If we just in general? in general actually enforce better healthcare standards, yeah. a lot of people would still be fine from the virus, including people above the age of seventy. There's, I'm pretty sure, well, there's actually a fair amount of people within the seventy age range that have actually recovered from it. It's just people eighty and up that have really been yeah. taking the toll. But I really do believe there's plenty of eight years olds that are actually still healthy, even a couple nine years olds that are still healthy exercising, and they take their supplements. And I really do believe that we should not give a virus this kind of power. I think rather than having ourselves be in this position where we need to depend on vaccines and all these other tools, as so great as they bandage. are, exactly. And I think we need to focus on the real issue is that we have 
multiple populations that are not eating correctly, exercising, getting their nutrients. Um, John's done blood work in the past. He, he he's gotten the benefits from that, and oh. it's 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 just they're not focusing on how we can run this world better. And it's like we don't have a really great setup as to how we're solving these issues because our first instinct is, well, prevention's not bad, but our first instinct is prevention and a vaccine rather than let's prevent it from even having the ability to harm our bodies. Because really and truly, vaccines are just exposing us to a lighter exposure of the virus to prepare our bodies to handle it. But really and truly, our bodies could already do that with the natural virus in itself. So it just means that we're letting all our immune systems become pretty pathetic, which is leading to a lot of issues. So unless you actually have an immune system disorder, there's almost no excuse as to why you should be allowing this to happen. It's, it should not be as potent. And it's not really the people's fault. It's the misinformation said by the industry. Like uh, what Dylan said, like Benny solution, that, that's applied to many facets of the life. And unfortunately, um, medical is one of them. There's so much misinformation that's set by the medical industry. Like, um, yeah, like there's I a diabetes, you can actually reverse it. But like, what what do you do? But when you when you catch diabetes, it's, it's just eating more carbs, more sugar, insulin shots. Uh, but what that actually does, like the reverse effect, it doesn't mm. really help with the with clearing it. So it's a lot of misinformation because at the end of the day, um, in the medical, who makes who, who do they make money off? Sick people, right? So, it's once you open your eyes to that sort of thing, then that's when you can really improve your health drastically. Uh, for those listening, I really recommend checking out this doctor by the name of Dr. Uh, Ken D. Berry on YouTube. Like, he really helped me out. And um, check out the supplement videos. Because those really help on my, my blood level. And, like, right now, I, sh- I went to my doctor recently. And after a year, like, my everything was really low, really pathetic. After I showed my doctor, he's like, John, what the hell happened? Like, it's like you're a high-level athlete. And I'm like, I just take seven supplements a day. Like... Hmm. Like these daily supplements and it's like John, like it's like you have a nutrition, like a team of nutritionists helping you out. I'm like, no, I just eat whatever. Just yeah. less sugar. <laughs> he was amazed. That's what I'm saying. Like it makes a huge difference, like dealing with the causes, not and not just take because I think with like medicine, right? With my sociologist doc uh, my sociologist um professor who who used to study in medical medicine, he said that medicine contain a little bit of poison. Like every every medicine has poison. That's why it is at the end of the day. Um, mm. For example, alcohol, right? It kills germs. What is it? Poison, right? Mm. Uh, in a very um, basic level of our understanding. Because it has to dismantle but something. It has to dismantle something. It kills something. Poison. Uh, so, because the thing with the medical is that it's just there to solve the symptoms, but not the causes. Like, mm. uh, it really pays me when like I hear people gain surgery to come skinny. Like, just taking out huge chunks of fat. Yeah, but it's yeah. not really the the actual issue that you can eat better. <laughs> it may just walk and, 30 minutes a day. And honestly, what this kind of like, it just showcases on like, whether it's health and fitness or income or just in general productivity, which can lead to improvements in all areas of life. It really does showcase that we look for too many quick solutions, such as a lot of people have been going on TikTok lately, even people that don't even like TikTok and making a lot more content, but they're not making the content to really actually create, they're not actually being content creators, because if you've ever seen TikTok, there are a few people that do it more seriously and put a lot of time into it, but most people do it just for their own leisure. And what I will say to this is that 
it, it's, it's again a band-aid um it's a band-aid type of situation uh they're trying to find a quick way to stop being bored so let's make a viral tiktok get reactions and engagement from it because we consume the media so when you get a like or a comment that is you consuming when you actually acknowledge it mm. um you're consuming the fact that there was an interaction and really and truly uh it's another issue because in this time if you decided to you could create something that could bring you way more if you created an entire youtube channel or even created an email list about how to stop people from staying bored or something you could be creating a long-term solution that would also stimulate your mind so i think i think this is something that's overall not only applying to workspaces or health it's overall we need to look more at these long-term solutions and also look we need to draw deeper back to see what's causing us to go straight for this quick valid validation and quick solution mm. I, i'll probably say like because we kind of i guess to bring it back to like work in progress and so on and so forth delving back to our last week's topic of when things don't go to plan it's it's kind of weird because like i'm reading this book it's called discipline equals freedom by jocko willick and he always talks about the fact of like you know discipline will always be the driving factor of what wakes you up when motivation is not enough right and then he he dives into the point of well that other book you know i forgot manson something or other you know the uh, everything is effed kind of thing. He he delves into the point of, I guess, it's kind of weird biology-wise. Like, although we like to think that we're all thinking mind and if we just were more disciplined or we were able to extract more will into our ability to essentially uh think more logically or reason or as the book puts it the classical assumption we would be able to like be more productive more working and so on and so forth right and it's kind of weird because the last two previous books i read was like do the work and by stephen pressfield and obviously discipline equals freedom by jocko willick it's kind of like what i'm trying to say is like although you read some books to talk about the obvious uh i guess assumption or theory or whatever it is then you read something that says the opposite and then i guess the book discipline equals freedom it 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 delves into this like topic i think it's um he says, uh, question everything, right? And, and talking about the whole idea of, like, knowledge, right? So, what you may or may not know, just question that within itself and be meta about it, right? And it's kind of interesting in terms of, like, just a little bit of uh, background about, like, the whole how the mind works i think it's like the limbic 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 system which is like the lizard part of the brain he's evolved 
developed and was the first thing to be developed within the human mind evolutionary and then obviously the thinking part of it you know the i think it's like the amygdala i might be getting it wrong but like the part that allows us to reason is like the reason why technology has moved forward in the last 200 years is like developed the last part of the brain right but obviously when thought processes go through it's always limbid limbic system first then thinking part of the brain right and it's interesting like how like sleep and stuff like that affects it how if you don't get enough sleep or you have sleep problems the thinking part of the brain gets affected and hence why you do pretty poorly doing stuff like that whereas you know you hear stories like you know the navy seals uh hell week right and they're just like oh i didn't get much sleep but I still manage to do X amount of exercises is because it's operating on the limbic system. You know, I'm rambling a bit, but like, it's, it's like the metaphor, the thinking part is like the driver on the elephant, right? But ultimately the thing that drives our actions is like the elephant itself. Like the elephant can do whatever it can, right? And the rider will, although it will try to steer it, here and there or hint at things ultimately it's the elephant that drives the action right um and i guess what i'm trying to get at with i guess trying to round this up with the whole uh workspaces and productivity whatever it's like this uh i think from thomas frank he talks about like, oh, you need to get from point A to B, and there's like a, uh, like a, a field, like a grass field there, right? And you're just moving from point A to B. And like productivity is like getting ice and putting it over the grass fields so that you can just get across that field quicker, right? It's essentially setting up the systems right that are there like you know workbook or inspiration book or whatever you know like a good example would be like oh i go outside and then i carry like a notebook and a pen right so that if i do have any ideas or video ideas i can just write it down on a piece of paper right you know it doesn't matter if it's like oh well i use my phone and then i type it into like the app and then it's like not taken down like it doesn't matter what the system is it's just essentially playing to uh i guess biases of the brain to make it easier for ourselves to essentially do less work ironically enough you know what i mean like the more easier it is for us because innately we always try to do the laziest thing the more likely we will more will like do something i guess right because the the i think the trap that we fall into is like oh enforce more willpower enforce more strength enforce more discipline right but in reality it's more like do less or like do less effort to do the thing we want to do and then we do it right i think yeah, I think if that makes sense, right? Because it's more finesse. Finesse. Yeah, I mean, rather than just brooding it. Yeah, it's the same thing with the body, though. 
Hmm. I can, I can apply it to everything. Yeah, because like the the thing that I have problems with is like I I do like a combination of both systems, and I have taken a page from like uh again I think it's what's his name um. You know, the guy from Steal Like an Artist book, um, he basically says have like an analog system and a digital, a digital system, right? And then in doing so, you have the best of both worlds and just like work one purely analog, you know, paper, notepad, pens, highlighters, and the other one like purely digital and so on and so forth, right? Um, I think, I think the weird thing is that, like, for me, I guess it's really a generation thing, possibly. Like, if you grew up working with computers and you can naturally type around and get through stuff, it's, like, okay with you. Like, for me, I sometimes write uh poetry and i have like a little notebook that i like write stuff in right but because i'm in such a rush to write things sometimes i like write it down and then i come back days later reading it and i'm like wow i can't even read my own handwriting you know what i mean i'm like oh we'll just write a little bit slower and so on and so forth right and there's like instances where you're like on a bus and like the bus is like rocking back and forth and your handwriting's going all over the place, so it would be more beneficial to, like, type it out on your phone, right? Um, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is... It's kind of weird how the little things affect... Affect us little by little, I guess. Like, uh, like one example is, like, I use, like, a, um... I think Evernote to, like, write my notes or scripts or so on and so forth, right? And I have been hearing the idea of like oh if you write it down on paper even if your spelling or grammar's wrong you won't go into like editor mode and be like oh well that's spelled wrong i'm gonna go back and fix that and it just like pulls you out of that like trance of like creating you know what i mean so i may experiment with it but like you know do a script and do it pen and paper you know what i mean but, again, it's, like, more harder work, because then you have to rewrite it all on, you know, digital format, in a way. Because, obviously, the biggest problem with writing uh, paper is if you lose it, it's gone forever, pretty much, right? But then the people mm. that, like, argue the digital facts, like, oh, you know, if the power goes out, or if the internet goes out, then that's gone forever. So, it's, like, there's an argument for both cases, pretty much. Um, I will say, however, that, like, I think, I think the thing that, like, really, I guess, I guess we're trying to get to the point that, like, you gotta work something that is, I guess long term especially with the whole 
virus and so on and so forth, right? Before all the whole class, because like obviously my classes are all going online as well, right? And before I was always like on the go trying to work in the library and get stuff done and so on and so forth, right? And the problem I had was that I was always like underprepared to bring what I need to bring not to class because obviously I'll just bring like a notebook and pen but like to the library I guess and it's kind of weird how it's like I guess what I'm trying to get at is like you know behind me I have like a whiteboard like a sort of big whiteboard and I'm like oh it would be nice if I could have a whiteboard and then visualize so on and so forth right and it's this idea of like um i get uh, what was it called it's like oh um growth growth uh theory versus uh scarcity theory right the idea that, like, you have enough work with the resources you have versus, oh, I need more, I need more, I need more to work on so on and so forth, right? And, again, moving back to that guy, Steal Like an Artist, it's, it's weird how people think they need more gear or more stuff or more better setup to work whatever they need to do to do the work, right? But he met the, I think... Or maybe it was Stephen Pressfield. He makes the point of like... Great or talented artists... Usually work with less things... Or like just work with the fundamentals... And then... They create talent... Via... The... I guess... Tools... They make out of things... Right? I think people often forget... That like... And I guess that's the point with like... I guess me and streaming games and thinking that i need a better computer to like stream the bigger and better more popular games right but like in all honesty right you can really make really interesting content out of virtually anything if tiktok is like a criteria to judge that fact right because you see some of the content on there versus youtube right youtube is like oh i got like 20 minutes an hour 10 minutes to like talk about whatever i need to talk about so they kind of like rock back and forth and you know and don't get to the point whereas when you're limited to like a minute or like 15 seconds you need to get to the point fast right and it's funny how like these limitations allow us to like grow in aspects of I guess creativity, innovation, and ideas, right? So, I guess what I'm trying to get at is you need to have a setup and you still need to do the work, but it needs to be consistent, right? I have had ideas where I'm like, oh, it would be great to work in the park and you know, type away or work or whatever, right? Or just, you know, change things up, for example. But I think, I think we often forget 
that is often as basic as like a flat surface and a pen and paper or a laptop and then that's all you need to do to get stuff done like people think that like writers in general are like some mystical people that like have like some sort of setup or like you know 10 step morning routine but honestly it's either they have a pen and paper and they just write for like you know an hour and they do that 365 days out of the year and then they just make do with that it's yeah i mean i guess what i'm trying to get at is like often often the things that get the job done is pretty pretty boring which is like the coal uh i guess you know behind the curtains of productivity and so on and so forth like it doesn't get as more basic as just you know sitting down and doing it and doing it consistently i guess but yeah um i guess because we've been talking for about 45 minutes i guess the last thing i want to talk about is like comfort and inspirations i guess just to close off this podcast so i guess we'll start with uh john and yeah um well there's been a really interesting conversation about work and all those stupid stupidness that's been going on here yeah yeah but uh honestly just remember that make make something useful out of this time that we all have and just learn something good you know self-improvement is this perfect time to self-improve and and to make something good out of yourself you know yeah 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 Uh, that's all i have to say all right jordan honestly i'd say find your stride your method for how you get things done don't get lost in the surface of stuff. Now's the time to actually dig back deep and redefine what it is you want to do. And uh, be productive, I guess. Yeah. That's uh, all I, I got. Uh, guys, I meant like th- the last topic we're going to be talking about is comfort and inspiration. We're not actually closing off. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, we still got like one. another 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, yeah, all right. So just like expand Perfect. a little bit more on that. Yeah. Uh. Would you want to start it off? Or? Yeah, you can start it off, Jordan. Yeah. Alright, Papa J will get it. Alright. Okay, so what I would say is with comfort and inspiration, I think they go hand in hand because if you're in an environment where you're kind of distraught, at times it's very hard to uh, just let yourself flow and go to whatever it is you need to do. So I think it is very important to have a nice and relaxed, clean environment before you even start worrying about something that's going to get you um, innovative. So for me personally, again, with my notes, when I get random ideas throughout the day, I I have my notes on my phone or if I'm sitting at my desk, I have my notes on the side of my uh, door of my closet because that's like right next to my desk setup. Um, And I just write down stuff like that. So that's that's friendly to me actually writing down ideas. And as I get more ideas and I look at my current ideas, I start to get more and they kind of snowball. The other thing is... I'm constantly trying to look at new content and whatnot on YouTube and whatnot. So if I'm actually going to be consuming content, I want it to cause me to get an idea, whether it tells me how I can reformat uh, my own personal YouTube videos or if it tells me how I can structure my day better, 
you know, I want to look at these things and be like, what can I steal from this to make my stuff better? Yeah. <laughs> to put it bluntly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just as, um, just as important as having a good setup so that you can actually work correctly and work in an efficient manner. You want to make sure you can actually have ideas to work on, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a struggle. Some people actually have, some people have the work ethic, but they don't have the ideas. And then there's also the vice versa. What I would say here, have your clean environment, obviously, so nothing's kind of throwing you off. Have a place where you can note down all these ideas. That's what I personally do. And consume some type of content, whether it's podcasts, YouTube videos, Instagram posts, uh, wherever you find stuff. Because it could even be the most uh, ludicrous stuff, like even like TikTok that could actually give you a new formatting idea. Like sometimes I can see cars moving on the road and this gives me a whole new idea of how I can make a system of being more productive with something. It, it could be the randomest stuff. So uh, if you create a kind of environment where you're where you're going onto YouTube videos or whatever, and you have uh, you have an area where you're actually able to be comfortable and watch these things and whatnot, you can actually pick up a lot and you also rewire your brain to find solutions and to find ideas. Because it's like, it's like um, this example that a lot of us can probably relate to. If you think about a, rel uh, a yellow car, you're going to have an easy time spotting a yellow car on the road. It's the same exact thing with coming up with good ideas. So create an environment where it's easier to spot these things. Because obviously, if you're blind, you're not going to spot this car. Yeah. So just make sure that you have a good area where you can actually focus and find these ideas and then fine tune your mind for actually finding them. That's how I want to kind of kick this off personally. Yeah. Uh, John? Uh, Honestly, uh, I'm kind of the opposite of what Jordan was talking about regarding comfort. I think just staying out of the comfort zone actually creates like a lot more, um, just a lot more progress in, in terms of things. Pointing like a deadline or just like having something to like just shake you off because i feel like when you're calm like you're just like relaxing and stuff or like really like no stress environment i feel like we just tend to get too relaxed too lazy in uh, in lame terms Ooh, i think we just found a nice gray area yeah i think that's so, very important because personally like i feel like when people do get out of their comfort zone that's when they make pure improvements socially um so in terms of self improvement, like exercise, right? That's like the biggest example of getting out of your comfort. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, good because yeah. we're getting uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Um, or just overall, just like, but when it comes to like, uh, like if you want to become like a public speaker, right? You have to get out of your comfort zone and start to learn how to speak properly from a huge group audience. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's so funny. The point. Well, I guess. I heard about this first from, uh, what's his name, uh, Matt Diavella, uh, with, uh, Mihai something or other, but he talks about the flow state, right? And it's that balance between something that's, like, difficult enough that you're not having an easy time, but not too easy that you get bored and lose interest, right? It, it's called the flow state, and it, it it's kind of like... I've experienced it in like computer games where you're you're in the zone and everything's just like slowing down and everything you're like super hyper focused, you know what I mean? Like and it's 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 weird because for me, like I think a few days back I was playing a game and it's just your heart elevates or like 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 you're exercising, it elevates to get ready for the you know 
whatever it is you're doing, right? Like, it's kind of preparing you for, like, danger, essentially, right? And it's funny how, like, games can, like, emulate that. And it's... It's weird, because in my experience, I've probably worked with both ways, and it depends on the task... Uh, on depends on the task of what you're doing i guess like if it's a creativity or brainstorming or so on and so forth i think you kind of need to be in a relaxed state to i guess process new ideas you know what i mean because if you're in like an exam situation where it's like you need to get these answers down or this essay down right now within this time limit then and obviously in that sense the stress and so on and so forth, and the uncomfort allows you to work faster to get to that uh, final solution, right? But obviously, more error. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, it creates more error because, like, when you're doing in that mode, you're very focused. And if you like, obviously, if you like miss something or you like head down like the wrong track, and then you just get to the end, and then you realize, oh no, the question was asked actually asking this, or it was actually doing this, you've, like, already sunk too much time going... It's like, oh, well, I guess I move on. Because you don't have time to, you know, go back and then readjust, right? It's kind of like, um... Uh, what's a good... Ex- it's kind of like a horror movie, you know what I mean? Where... You have the one that's relaxed, and they're like, oh, watch out for that trap, or do you hear that? Watch out for this, right? Whereas, if it's like a horror movie that really typically plays out, and then you're like, you know, running away from the killer, and then you're just running basically on instincts, you're like, oh, do I keep running? And then, I think it was like in a game, and then it was like one instance where you walk up to this, and you have a choice, and it's like, oh, do I keep running to this door, or do I hide under the bed? Now, if you know anything about horror tropes, it's like, oh, hide under the bed. Like, the most obvious thing that everyone would think of. Don't go for that, obviously, right? And obviously, it needs, like, a higher level of thinking or, like, a lot of practice to really notice that, like, wait a minute, that's a bad idea. Don't hide under the bed. Don't go for the obvious thing, you know what I mean? Um, like... I think, like, a classic thing like this is, uh, if you ever seen the movie Alien vs. Predator with, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's like, he, he lays out this trap for the alien, right, and then it gets to the instance where he's about to step on the trap and the alien's like, wait a minute, why, why is my target wanting me to go this way? Like, he thinks, like, a little bit higher level of thinking, like, yeah, this is a trap. And then, uh, obviously, Arnie needs to, like, do something else to, like, let him fall into that trap, right? But it's it's the same with, like, comedy as well, right? Where there's, like, a joke, and if you make it too obvious... Or, well, like, try to land the joke too obviously, or, like, they already know what's gonna happen. It's like, oh, it's not as funny, right? So, um, I guess it's weird, because it's kind of like, you know, you play a sport like soccer with your friends, right? And you play casually, and you only play once in a while, and you only just 
kind of basing it off, I guess, you know, well, it's like a sport. Like, it's physically there. You base it off instincts, right? But then, through continuous practice, you're able to make improvements and, like, you know, change and adjust based on uh, training, right? And the thing is, have you ever heard that saying where it's like, it's much harder to unlearn a bad habit than it is to learn a new habit? Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Where it's like, once you train in a certain way, you have to unlearn or unteach yourself to do the dumb stuff. Like, a classic example is like a guy had like a bike and the turning was like in reverse, right? And he was learning how to ride the bike in a like reverse way. So if he goes left, the bike turns right. And if he goes right, the the bike turns left, right? See, he unlearned how to ride a bike and learned how to ride it like his weird unorthodox way. And then he learned how to do it, right? And then he obviously had to learn how to ride the bike the normal way again, right? And it's like, you know what I mean? It took even twice as long to unlearn, learn, unlearn, and just, it just confuses your brain. Because, like, once your brain catches onto a pattern, it's like, it latches onto it, and then it builds and builds and builds, right? And it's, I mean, I guess, like, a classic example for me would be like when I was playing like a fighter and then in the fighter is like um uh, oh that's right is there's a counter so like when you attack there's a counter and then it gives you like one free move and then there's a fake out where you faint an attack and then you um and then then you like then you get the advantage basically right and I found it funny how I was versing an opponent and the game was like four honored, right? And he would just keep countering me every single time, right? And then I figured out that it's like, wait, I can do a faint out because he did it to me. So I did the faint out. And it didn't matter the fact that, because obviously it's like a quick fighter game. So like everything is in the seconds, right? I kept attacking in the same direction and faking out in the same direction. Like all like... Basically, it's a simple pattern, right? It's very easy to counter, right? But because he was so trained and fought to, like, counter me, right? He couldn't tell his brain quick enough through instincts to say, Oh, he's going to do the same thing again. Don't fall for this. And he just can't... He couldn't unlearn that, right? And that's the thing I love about fighters, right? Because it's happening so fast like a sport, that you can't just, you know, sit back and be like, oh, actually, I'm going to think of this grand strategy and just do this, right? Like, you don't have time to, like, you know, communicate or, like, register that. You just have to base it off training to execute and hope for the best, right? And especially during exams, they always like to teach the fact of, um, I guess a procedure of when you approach in a question and how to like read the question properly so that you don't fall into that trap of heading down the wrong direction and then realizing you made the mistake right 
So I reckon both of best worlds work best. Like, yeah, you need stress to push forward, grow, and so on and so forth, right? But the problem is when you have too much stress, then your brain is no longer able to process new thoughts. And yeah, I mean... All about the balance between stimulus and recovery. Yeah. Time to dissect the thoughts and times to force yourself to go through something that will be the catalyst of those thoughts. Too much of one of the other is unhealthy, but too little of one of the other is also unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. I think... I think... A mistake that we often make, I guess... And it... Not necessarily, like typical jobs but like like a creativity job or like a content creation job and you're working on a project or idea right and i think i learned this from some game developer right and she often talks about the idea of like oh not don't talk about what you want to make in the game talk about what you don't want to make in the game right it's a funny way of thinking right because the problem that people fall into when it comes to something like making a game is that they start I think what's the word? It's um They produce too many ideas. Too many. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh promise creep or production creep or uh, that DLC. It, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you you start over promising what you're gonna make and then you realize there's too much to do. And what you really should be doing is, like, limiting the scope of what you actually are not going to be doing and just make it very narrow, right? Because I think... I think it's just interesting how we are really bad at estimating how long something should take, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at, right? Because the thing... The thing is... Is that as much as we would fit like to like assume that like we just sit down and get stuff done, it's a whole lot of like staring out to space, doing nothing, writing notes, realizing those notes go nowhere, backlogging those ideas and marking them and then saving them for like maybe a future project and then. Um, working on another idea, then getting into a creativity block, and then working on another project that you were, or like article you were working on, and then edit that, and it's a whole lot of like moving forward in one direction very slowly, but at the same time, making millimeters of progress, I guess, because yeah, there are gonna be days where you have a flow state and you just get a whole lot of done in one day, and then there's gonna be days. There's going to be days where you essentially sit there and you're like, wow, I got nothing done today. Like, honestly. And... I think those are also healthy days, though. I think they're healthy. I think that's just, like, a sign that you need to, like, rest or, like, you know, relax a bit. Um... Hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's really, it's kind of like the difference between, like, like, say you're a movie reviewer, right? And then you watch a movie 
and it's like trying to enjoy the movie without having your critical brain analyzing everything about the movie right it's like I find it funny how that works and like the solution to that is like well basically don't mix work with leisure so like if you love if you review movies then enjoy games or like if you enjoy movies start enjoying music like don't mix the two together because the problem is you'll you inevitably just you know you'll get too good at your job you get too good at your job and then you'll just not enjoy the process anymore so yeah 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 in a way we've been going on for about an hour do you want to keep going or what do you reckon uh i mean i have work tomorrow no in the morning okay uh john just wrap it up yeah just wrap it up all right um so all in all i think i think we're still dating like the rhythm of how we get to top eights and stuff but yeah it is an interesting time we all live in like it's kind of unprecedented um but doesn't mean it stops you from either having a productive day an enjoyable day or just a relaxing day uh try to stay safe and yeah um how do you want to close this out john jordan uh honestly guys Keep your minds open, and now is the time to make shifts in your life since everyone's on an outbreak issue, so everyone's being slowed down in some shape or form. So now's the time to make something happen and improve in some shape or form. All right. Um, John, uh, any closing um, thoughts? Just be litty. Wait, tell them to test their blood, too. That's it. (laughs) Don't be lame. Just be cool. Cool, cool. Alright, I hope to see you guys in the next one. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I'll see you later. Alright, catch ya. I'm gonna stop recording now.